Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. I'm extremely excited tonight as we have an amazing award-winning musician and filmmaker coming on shortly named Rat Skates, and I'm sure everyone knows who he is. He is the founder as well as the writer of the band Overkill and among many other things, and I will get to some information about him shortly. Um, I just want to introduce my show as I always do to anyone new who is tuning in tonight for the first time. And I can't believe it's almost been a year already. The end of March will be my year anniversary since I launched the show. And uh, basically the premise of the show was I really wanted to create a forum where I could bring on people in the entertainment industry, um, whether it's musicians, filmmakers, authors that are doing creative things, to really help support them and get their names out there. Um, I personally know how difficult it can be to independently manage your career. I'm a singer-songwriter, and I have a full-length album out. And I'm also a clinical psychologist. That's what I have my doctorate degree in, and that's what I do for my full-time career. And I really wanted to combine my two passions, which dealt with my psychology background and interviewing people, uh, coupled with my passion for the entertainment industry. Um, I also do some writing for some magazines on concepts of psychology intertwined with marketing and um, advertising because I really enjoy that aspect of the industry too. So again, the, the idea was to bring together all of my skills and my background and create a forum to support people and help them promote themselves and get the word out about who they are to the masses. So if you are just tuning into my show, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. And I also have a chat room up, and if anyone wants to join us, you can go into the chat room. Um, However, because I am a one-person show, I will do my best to go back and forth between my interview, the notes that I have prepared with questions, um, and any questions people have in the chat room. But I highly recommend that people call in. And I put all the information in the chat room. The number is 805-243-1320. So please call in tonight. This is going to be an amazing interview, especially for all of you musicians out there or even anyone in the entertainment industry. We're going to really learn a lot about um, the good and the bad with the industry. And I don't want people to think by any means that the show tonight is meant to show the bad side, but I really do believe and um, support everything that Ratscape is doing and in showing people the other side of the industry that people are not always aware of and I think people sometimes, you know, unfortunately go in with uh, this delusional belief that it's it's all this fun and games and making millions of dollars. But unfortunately, when you really get involved, and I haven't been involved nearly as long as Rat Skates have, but I, I really have been able to appreciate um, all the difficulties, challenges, and not nice things that do come along with being involved in the entertainment industry. So let me give you some information about Rat Skates. And just a couple of things I do ask for people to please keep in mind is that, one, even though I'm a clinical psychologist, my show is not meant to be providing any type of therapy or formal treatment. Um, We do sometimes talk about psychological-related concepts and terms and and how they apply to things, which I'm more than apt and open to doing. But the show will not be providing any type of uh, therapy. 
Um, and the second thing I ask people to please um, keep in mind and do is that I do want people to feel open to discuss whatever they like, but if it's going to be anything that might be embarrassing or humiliating that we keep any specific names about persons, organizations involved, etc., cetera, um, anonymous, because the show isn't meant to personally embarrass anyone, but I do want people to really feel able to be open and honest about what they want to talk about. So let me tell you some information about Ratskates and his background, and then we will bring him on. So as people know, and I'm sure everyone does know, he founded, composed, and he toured as well as managed Atlantic Recording Artist Overkill. He's also a veteran drum instructor and clinician. And since 1983, he has experienced and built many artistic and business skills essential to independent filmmaking. And we'll definitely be talking about a variety of his films tonight, um, as well as getting to the one that he's currently working on, which is titled Welcome to the Dream. And um, we will talk about that tonight, too. So in terms of his filmmaking skills, he's a writer, videographer, audio engineer, production designer, editor, graphic artist, animator, as well as an actor. He has written and produced projects for Fortune 500 companies, record labels, multi-platinum recording artists, and the performing artists, as well as he has acquired an extensive business management skill background as by being the, the operation director for Home Depot USA, which I'm sure has really helped him in this industry, especially with those skills. Um, he currently appears as a guest on A&E Television and the Biography Channel documentary programs, as well as frequently speaks on radio and in-person to many different organizations about issues, including addiction recovery, culture use, and arts. He owns and operates Kundrat Productions, and I hope I pronounced that correctly, LLC, which is a New Jersey-based production studio. And again, his films have been placed in so many different places. We're going to talk about that tonight. Um, as I mentioned, the new film he is working on, which is a documentary that's in the works, is um, called Welcome to the Dream, The Rude Awakening uh, to the, I, I don't have the exact words in front of me right now, but uh, let me get that for you. Welcome to the Dream, again, I have it posted everywhere, and it is The Rude Awakening of Rock Stardom, and that is really what we're going to hone in on tonight with him, as well as he has also produced and written, let me get the other ones here, Born in the Basement and Get Thrashed. So for more information, everyone, please check out Rat Skates. Go to ratskates.com, and that is spelled the word rat, R-A-T, skates, S-K-A-T-E-S.com. So let me bring him on now that I gave everyone an earful. Hello? Hey, Rat, how are you? Good, Carrie. How is things with you? Things are very well with me, very busy. I just got uh, home from my... uh, job in corrections as a psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can so, imagine you, you really enjoy getting home. I imagine your days are pretty uh, mentally uh, exhausting. <laughs> yes, <laughs> as you can yeah. imagine. And I'm sure you imagine, and I can yeah. both, yeah, I'm sure you and I can both relate on a lot of different levels with uh, the different things that we bring to the table, especially in the entertainment industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So welcome. I'm really excited to have you on tonight, and um, oh, you know, have you, you share, yeah, have you share everything that you are currently working on, as well as your history and your backgrounds, and you know, bring all that information to the table to really educate and inform people about the industry and uh, your background. So I felt okay. that to start out, I wanted to just, 
you know, I like to just get a little bit of background information on, you know, who you are as a person, and don't don't take this wrong with my psychology stuff, but I always like to get, you know, growing up, how you got involved in music. Um, yeah. And I thought something that would be interesting just to start out with you was, and I know how you got your name, but I think it would be interesting to share it with the audience if they're not aware. Um, I read mm. that you, you know, grew up in New Jersey, and uh, you had this passion for skateboarding, and you were skating for some yeah. shops in Seaside Heights. <laughs> So talk a little yeah. bit about, I'm just curious to know, what, what shops were you skating for and tell us about that? Well, I mean, that was uh, that was in the late 70s, you know, and, and uh, wow. it was an amazing time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> My age is going to show, but I'll tell you, no. man, it was, it was an amazing time. It, it um you know, my my name came for, uh you know originally as like a joke um uh, when when we were putting together um uh, the the very first version of Overkill which was Dee Dee Verney and I we went to to high school together um I had been a skateboarder for years before that you know before I really like took music very seriously and being okay. that I did do pretty well on a skateboard meaning I got sponsored and I ended up doing well in competitions and all this stuff you know, we were really into the punk thing. Most of the punk bands had nicknames, and so we were all kind of like, you know, really hip on the nicknames. So uh, Rat is part of my, my real born, uh, birth last name, uh, right. R-A-T, and Skates was just like, and, you know, what started as a joke ended up sticking. <laughs> and you know what's funny? It's like, it's it's really it's really messed up because at at that time, the, the band, uh, a punk band at the time that was really, you know, doing a lot was called The Damned. And, okay. and their drummer's their drummer's name was Rat Scabies, oh, and I found this. Out, yeah, it's really weird. And I found this out like right after you know we had actually then started to do something and playing shows, and we had our names on you know uh, out there. And but uh, it's like who would have thought you know? But but so it stuck, Sorry. and you know what? Uh, you know some some birth names don't kind of roll off the tongue as well as as you know st- stage names. Like slash right. sounds slash sounds better than soul. <laughs> nice, know? nice. Well, I like it. I mean, uh, yeah, it definitely sticks and it definitely is memorable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it is. Um, People are like, so should I call quick, you a rat? Go ahead. I'm sorry. You, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. Some people go like, should I call you rat? I feel funny calling you rat. It's like, you know. Don't because you know if if the name was insulting to me, I never would have like kind of kept it and chose to do that. So you know, it's right. not an insult. I mean, a, technically, a rat is an animal that that can do like kind of anything to survive. That's true too. Yeah, that's a good analogy. So, Absolutely. Tr- Absolutely. Try to look at it positively instead of like you know you dirty rat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Frame it in a positive way. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, right. I'm just curious, what what shops were you skating for? Because I used to surf for Grog Surf Palace. That's who that, I. That's who sponsored me, Grogs. No way! Oh Absolutely. my gosh! Well, I know Grogs. They were around. When did they begin? I mean, they came in the '70s, right? Is that when they started building it? Well, th- yeah. I mean, this was in seventy seventy seven seventy eight, right in there. Okay. Where I was being wow. sponsored by them, yeah. I'd say it was seventy seven, seventy eight. And then there was another shop. You see, a lot of those names are gonna kind of escape me. Um that you know, the Seaside Heights Point Pleasant uh, you know, area had a lot of surf shops at the time yeah. and there was Monster Bowl skate park and everything, which is long gone. But uh yeah, there were a couple, you know, little you know it was fun. You so you, you surfed for for Grogs? Yeah, but that was in the that was in the like nineties. But yeah, but that's oh. well, I was a 
big-time surfer. I mean, I still surf, um, but I was competing, yeah, and I, I surfed for them. I was like the only girl surfer surfing for them. <laughs> I wow. missed that place. I didn't even know I they really were. missed that were, place. Yeah, I didn't know they you know, I, because uh, I, I had moved in and grew up up in Union County, so I only came okay. down here to skateboard and stuff like that, and I live now by Long Beach Island, but I didn't even know that they were around for that long. But anyway, so that's that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really cool. I was, it was just really humbling when I saw that. I was like, oh, my gosh, I wonder who he sur- you know, skated for. Yeah, and- <laughs> yeah. Wow, cool. Grog really surf cool. I still so, have the stickers. Okay. You, I know. I see some of those old school stuff people post on the internet, and I'm like, oh my god, it just brings me back, you know. <laughs> I know. But, um, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I miss that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, okay, too. so uh, let's transition into because we're here to talk about again you as an artist and a musician and everything else that you do because you're definitely a, a jackball trades. Um, yeah. So why don't you talk a little bit about growing up in you know what kind of made you get involved in music? Was there anything particular, you know, in your life or people in your family that were involved in the industry that you gravitated towards? Well, I I always feel, um, I really, really feel that you don't, that, excuse me, musicians don't really find music, that that music finds them. And once it, yeah, you know, once it finds you, um, it'll make you do things you never would have otherwise done. It's, it's something in life that's, you know, part of your DNA. You can't, uh, you know, change that if you wanted to. And I've never mm-hmm. been actually to change to change that. So, I mean, I, my family has somewhat of a musical background, but a, a, but my the, the one side has a very artistic background. Um, and, and, you know, so uh, in that time period, we're talking about the 70s and stuff, besides just this passion for music and drums I gravitated to, I guess because the simple kind of skateboard mentality that okay. I couldn't really, I wasn't dexterous, dexterous enough to really, like, I got frustrated with guitar. So, um, uh, you know, the punk thing was happening and music, and that was pretty easy to play. And and so, uh, you know, that, uh, of course, in that era and just being a teenager in general, of any era, you know, you rebel. And um, that was a great way to rebel, you know, through music and, and being really into the Ramones and the Clash and the Dead Boys and the Damned and all these bands that no one ever heard of. And we're walking around high school with all safety pins and leather jackets and, like, you know, just total Ramones freaks. Right, you know? right. So it was it was just a really, really fun time all the way around. Um, so, you know, music kind of found me and, and went with it and locked on and, you know, the skateboarding thing. I never let go of. I mean, I kind of have now to a point because I'm much older and I can't afford to, to fall like I used to. It right. hurts a lot more <laughs> when I fall now. So, so you know, that uh, that's it. It kind of found me and the other guys, and, and uh, you know, off we went and did our thing. Cool, cool. So, yeah. so you're the founder, as well as among a hundred other things, of the thrash metal band Overkill. And... Um, that was like one of the main bands that I read about in addition to, I think, Bomb Squad and a couple of others that you were in. But why don't we mm-hmm. just start talking a little bit about your development, how you got involved in putting Overkill together, and, uh, yeah, give us some background on the band so then we can start transitioning into some of the other stuff. Okay. Uh, like I said earlier, Overkill came out of um, something that we had together in high school. And the mm-hmm. name is really obscene, and I don't even want to say it, but it's funny. And if you go on Wikipedia, you could read what it's about. But um, so you want to share you know that? <laughs> the name of the band? Yeah. Okay. The name of the band was called the Lubricants. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is funny, and it was funny then, and it's funny now. We had a lead singer who, you know, was a, a, a great, because he was, a, you know, a nut. He was a smart kid, but he was nuts, and he th- was thinking this crazy stuff. And so, again, when you're rebelling, this is what you need. You need the fuel right. of someone like that. You know, it's like, yeah, 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 that's great. That'll really piss people off. That's a great name, you know. And 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 we actually we we played we played all around the Bowery in New York City like we played CBGBs we actually nice. um we played a show actually opening for an early early version of the Romantics if you remember who they are um, okay cool and it was a cool it was a cool time because it, it was it was really fun and a lot of stuff was happening so to kind of squish a, a a time frame together here when when the the late seventies punk thing was kind of there but um. You know, Lars and James and, and those guys were starting Metallica, and mm-hmm. Dee Dee and I were putting together Overkill. There was a lot of things changing all at the same time. And so, you know, Overkill being or getting to the level where Overkill did, you know, at the end of the day, you're not going to kind of keep a, a, um, a career in music if you don't have the music and, you know, the integrity to back it up. But right. We were very, very fortunate that the time period, that really messed up time period, because there was even disco that was actually like, you know, people were still doing that. And New Wave, you know, bands like, mm-hmm. like I said, like the Romantics and all these, you know, the Eurythmics and stuff were huge bands, but they were like, you know, really artsy punk bands, or they thought they were. And it was a really confused time. So anyway... You know, heavy metal had, you know, been at, or coming out of the arena rock stages was really ready for something new to break it out. And, and Metallica and Slayer and Overkill, we were all part of the same thing. There was a, a void um, in heavy metal, and the okay. door was ready to be kicked down for something else. So timing was a big part of that. We were in the right place at the right time and did enough of the right things to move forward. Okay. So, so that's kind of how that all that all happened, and and uh, you know my story of which you know if you wanted to talk about later or whatever you know what I did in that time period to put a band together here on the East Coast in that was uh, the film I did called Born in the Basement, and at the time it was complete DIY ethic of um, because. We didn't know any other way, and punk guys always did things by themselves. They made their own clothes, you know, spray painted things. And right. you know, Jerry only, you know, Jerry only from the Misfits. I used to see him down the Barry stapling up, stapling up posters for the <clears throat> flyers for the Misfits while I was doing stuff for our band. And like it's, it was DIY before it was known as DIY because we didn't have any other way or know any other way, and it was really really fun. Because um, just kind yeah, you know what, Carrie, just kind of using whatever we had, whatever resources were available, meaning I used like copying machines and magic markers. And you know what, actually made Overkill look like a much, much bigger band than we were because we we weren't. It's that illusion that ended up actually getting assigned ultimately that, we you know, led to an Atlantic Records deal. That's interesting. And and how do you feel about that while you're talking about the DIY stuff? Because I know a lot of people... I mean, I'm all for that, and I, I really respect and value mm. people that, you know, are persevering and put all their time and energy into create mm. a product and, and make it look, like you're saying, even bigger than it was before, you know, right. you get signed. I mean, what do you think of that approach today? And I know the industry, and I definitely want to hear your feedback and your perception on how things yeah. have changed so dramatically from, 
you know, back when you guys were doing it, right. and there probably were labels that did have money, and today things are much different. Um, I mean, much do you think that yeah. approach is still applicable? Can it can it exist at all today, or do you think it's just... Well, yeah, that? I mean, I, I really think that today, uh, because of the consolidation of the major labels and the mm-hmm. way things are, bands don't have a choice, because I think as much as they don't want to admit that the days of signing... Um, a huge contract with a huge mm-hmm. recording budget and a gigantic management and and a huge support slot for, you know, and and the whole like kind of rock stardom thing, is is you know almost completely gone. It really doesn't exist. Right. Um, so bands must do do a, a DIY kind of thing. Now here's you know kind of what you're what you're saying and um, about is it good or not? Being that bands don't really have a choice. Okay. So musicians really want to play music. They want their music out there. So this mm-hmm. is the route you take. Now I've I've discovered since you know that's what I've been doing for forever is a DIY trip. It's all I kind of know. But the thing that um, that I find interesting about it, I find v- huge positives in the fact that if a band can be fully self-supporting mm-hmm. and tru- truly independent, they're not dependent on anyone else to screw things up for them make bad decisions, yeah, and all these other things. So it is really good. In other words, if you were going to sign a distribution deal with someone and they're offering you whatever the terms are of the contract, unless you've done it yourself, you're not really going to know how hard those people are working for their money and what's involved. Is the Mm -hmm. percentage they're taking really, really worth it? So by doing these things yourself, you know what's involved. And here's here's the downside to the DIY thing. That that I've I found and actually ex- to this day I experienced some of this okay. is the fact that that especially now with like social media and everything yeah. being like what you it, it's it's a mandatory thing it's incredibly time consuming absolutely and yeah and so the one thing that I see that that can hurt and probably has to an extent hurt actual songwriting is the fact that a band can get really over over-consumed with the promotional end and doing these things. It's like, you know, how many page hits are we getting and Facebook friends Mm and all this stuff, right? Which, you know, yeah, you do need, but at the end of the day, are you spending time, like, with your music and playing? And that's 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 what it started, and that's what it's about. And I'll tell you, there's been times, like, I have someone who kind of helps me along with a lot of this stuff right now, thank God. Um, (laughs) You know, because it's hard, it's really hard to do all this stuff, and I find myself getting really, really aggravated because I feel like I'm a slave to doing this stuff. If I want to go and I have a real creative idea, um, let's just say I was writing a book, or you know, if you're writing music, right. but you need to spend time with that. And, and while that, that gift comes to you, you need to embrace and be part of, you know, look, the expression has always been for a musician, right? Expression's always been that. <clears throat> They say, you know, how's it going with the song? Or you come up with something, and the expression has been, well, nothing's coming to me. So meaning that the song comes to the person. If mm-hmm. we could go and just create great songs, because, look, I'm going to go in this room and write a killer song, then everyone would write killer songs, but it doesn't work that way. You know, your mind right. and environment has to be a certain way for that to happen, if it happens. So mm-hmm. the way I see it now is that, excuse me, a lot of um, – the uh, the uh, social media, this kind of stuff, it, it consumes so much and it's such a commitment 
that it's taking away from that time where uh, you know, you're kind of a slave to these things because you know you have to do them. And where's the music? When when when's that opportunity to let that that spiritual moment happen for that song? Right. You know, right. If, you, if you don't avail yourself to it, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's kind well, of, I and think, I think that's yeah. I think you made a good point, right? Is you know, you have someone helping out, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, the way that I've been able, and I've done everything from a DIY perspective. I mean, I've had no help. Um, I've mm-hmm. built everything from the ground up myself, and and you know, fortunately, it's in the social media stuff, and really just kind of doing that grunt work mm-hmm. and and pushing and promoting. And I know what you mean. So yeah. maybe if you can have someone helping out like you do, which can take yeah. you know a little bit of the edge off, I think that's you know then you can get the best of both worlds. But I agree, if you're doing it on your own, something's going to have to give. Yeah, I mean, you being someone who who works in the psychology field all day, and then coming home and have to do all this, uh, are you like an uh, an alcoholic? I mean, you know, no, that's... no, that's a funny. Uh, we'll talk offline. We'll talk offline. But no, I've never done anything. I've never done anything in my life. I've never touched a thing in my life. Wow. Never. I, I actually okay, find good. I enjoy the social media stuff. I think that partly it has to do with my psychology. I'm fascinated with the statistics. I'm fascinated with the numbers. You know, just in That's general, great. how people get their names out there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some someone even sent me a message today, and, and they're actually a really well-established person. They said, how did you get the numbers you got? And I don't even know if I can explain it, Rat. I really, there's so many different techniques and things that I do. Yeah, um, yeah. And a lot of it personally has to do with supporting others. I mean, I, I build right. my own fan base by supporting others. Oh, so, absolutely, yes. It's got to be social. It says social media. You have to be social and not just what's in it for me. Exactly. And I think that's yeah. where people go wrong. And they, you know, the, the one thing that kills me, and you can probably laugh about this, is I don't mind if they post something on my page, but at least say yeah. hi. Like, don't just dump something. Like, you know, hey, look <laughs> at my new song. You know what I mean? It's just like, boom. And I'm like, yeah. at least at least interact a little and say, hey, how you doing? Check out my new song. You know what I mean? But so that goes I, to show you how... Th- how desperate bands are! They go, "Where's I the big know. traffic pages? Let's let's just crash something that's onto their point. wall." Absolutely, yeah. that's a great point. Yeah, but that's we could spend do. hours talking about that stuff. But no, I think you made some really, you know, relevant and important points that you know the audience, especially musicians, can take away and learn from. And yeah, you do have yeah. to budget your time, like you're saying, in such mm-hmm. a way that you're not, you know, letting the artistry and all that other stuff kind of go by the wayside because you're so involved with this type of stuff. Um, yeah, you know, you just you have to leave room for it. You have to – you can't get something that you don't put any time into. And right. ultimately, you're going to get out what you put in. And again, even though the song, does, <clears throat> the song isn't something you could just turn a switch and I'm going to write a great song, you have to avail yourself mentally to be – you know, at peace a little bit so so this stuff can happen to you. You know, yet you're in your room playing your guitar. You shut the stupid cell phone off. You're not tweeting. You're not doing any of this stuff. Right. And, you you know, you're not watching the clock like I got only. Because, you know what, your head is every other place but the music. In this day and age, you know, Robert Plant and Jimmy Page, never in a million years, Stairway to Heaven would have never been a song that was written, you know, mm-hmm. because they would have been too distracted. You know, that's right. just... And that's the way the world is. I personally, you know, think it's it's really um, hurting a lot, a lot of things and the path that we're on. But that's a whole other 
discussion. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah. Well, why don't we do this? Because, I mean, I definitely want to get to tons of other stuff about, you know, your documentary and everything else that you're up to. But let's, since mm-hmm. we mentioned Born in the Basement, um, yeah. and Lori had sent me one of the songs because I definitely wanted to play one of your tracks, let's check okay. out the song Thoughts and tell us a little bit about that. Thoughts is not an overkill song. It's a song that my band, after um, I had done the the overkill thing and got got completely thrashed out of my mind, um, and and wanted to get back to playing rock, you know, melodic rock with melody in it and everything. Um, this is just one of the songs, and it was recorded on a four track. But I'm really proud of that song. I think it it says a lot, you know, and it's it's not, you know. It's not a metal song. It's a song, you know. We and it was really refreshing. I just have to say, and for all musicians, you know, get very sort of uh, fearful of bringing something into the band room that they think maybe they're going to get like something thrown at them or get right. kicked out of the band. Like, what the frick are you? Are you, we're, dude, we're a metal band. What is this? Right. People right. were really, really right. You know what? Play music because you love music. Not that you're trying to be the the leader in this category, the 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 heaviest death metal band of all times, and all this stuff. Play music and have fun. That's mm-hmm. it. All right. That's what nice. I did in Bomb Squad. So this is one of the songs. Okay, so this song is out of Bomb Squad. This is a Bomb or Squad song, correct? Bomb Squad. Okay. All right. So let's. Yeah. I'm going to put you on hold. We'll check this out, and then when we come back, we're definitely going to get into all the other nitty gritty of everything that you're up to now. All right. Okay. And if okay. I talk too long, you tell, tell me to shut up. No, no, I want you to, and I think we might have to have a second or a third or a fourth part interview because I'm fascinated with everything. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. hold All on. Right. All right. All right, everyone, again, you are listening to Ratscape. We are going to check out his track called Thoughts, which is from the band Born Squad. Um, so let's uh, check it out, and we'll be back in a moment.
All right, everyone, and welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. Again, that was the band Bomb Squad featuring Rat Skates, and he can also introduce the other members and their hit track thoughts. So definitely check it out. You can visit him at ratskates.com. I'm here. Okay, you're here. Welcome back. Awesome track. Really cool. And like you said, it's definitely a digression away from some of the other stuff you've done, but it's a it's a great song. Thank you. Recorded 20 years ago on a four-track cassette because digital wow. stuff is not even happening yet. Yeah, you know what? And and I think that just personally, again, you know, we all have our own material, um, and that's cool. But, um, you know, sometimes... So, you know, something that's too polished may not need to be as polished, and it's kind of uh-huh. just worked for for what it was, and and that's it. It's just a cool. I I you know I just love the song, but anyway. Cool. Um, thank Very you. Cool. Thank you for playing. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about um, Overkill and when you guys were at the height of your success. And I'm you know taking some of this information from what I read about your band um, and you on Wikipedia and some of the other sites that were forwarded to me. So I think one of the most, for me personally, disheartening things was when you were talking about how, you know, you guys were kind of at the peak of your career doing really well, but evidently there were other members who were not as, I'm not sure what the word is, dedicated or into it, and that Mm -hmm. had led to you, um, you know, getting involved and having symptoms of depression and alcoholism. So why don't you talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about what was going on where you were this evidently go-getter, this really dedicated member, but you weren't getting that support and, you know, assistance from the other members. uh, Overkill was, was, um, for lack of a better phrase, it was my baby. You know, I, 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 absolutely every single thing in my life revolved around Mm -hmm. Overkill. What I wanted to do is I wanted to play drums for a living in front of a lot of people. Like Mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier about timing, timing was in place. We had enough material and everything else, so um, doing all the DIY stuff, managing and, and writing, doing all these things uh, ended up, we we got you know the deal on Atlantic Records, and we did MTV videos, I toured the whole world a bunch of times, and played with Metallica, and you know, met Ozzy, and wow. just did a whole bunch of really, yeah, I mean, just a bunch of really cool things, you know, I, I was doing a rock star trip, that's really what it, what it is, I, I achieved what I wanted. Well, here's mm-hmm. what happened. I mean, and and my story is kind of unique. And again, born in the basement would tell you all of this. Um, you know, it's a musician's journey. Um, you know, the the dream of being, which is connected to the other film as well. But you know, the dream of being a rock star is is a dream, and no one knows what it's really like because you haven't done it yet. You only right. know what you're shown and what you think it's going to be. So when you get there. It could be every. It could be much more than you thought, or it could be much less. Well, mm-hmm. in my particular case, um, there was things happening, especially with thrash metal, where it was getting really like a race, and it was getting really kind of like trendy, believe it or not, with the mosh pit kind of stuff. And you know, everyone was a Metallica clone, um, and my own band was starting to really follow in that direction, like too closely. It's like, hey, man, we're overkill, and we did get to this place for a reason. Not right, right, right. Metalli- yeah, not in the Metallica spin-off. There is Metallica, and they're untouchable. You know, let's let's leave that alone and do our own gig. Well, things weren't really happening that way. Uh, that was one big thing musically. Uh, things were just not. You know, it wasn't be- it wasn't sincere anymore. It wasn't from the heart. Mm-hmm. It was from someone else's heart. And also, um, 
getting signed to a label and I was doing things all the time for the band, everything. And now it was in the hands of labels and managers who who were making some decisions and doing some things that that like kind of looked good. They didn't uh, didn't look good. They didn't sound good. Um, you know, I I don't know if I'm a control freak, but I do know that you know overkill. Again, you know, you know, you you imagine having a baby and someone else taking and dressing right. your baby a certain way and right, yeah, man, it's just and and so there was a lot of things all kind of happening and and one of the bigger things for me personally is every young musician will tell you I can't wait to get on the road, man. I, I know. Don't live on the road. Well, I'll tell you what, the road is <laughs> please, not. Please, please, fill us in. <laughs> yeah, well, the road it it's it takes an incredibly strong and or stubborn person mm-hmm. to to survive on the road for years when you're gone for so many months living out of a suitcase at that time we were getting uh and it hasn't changed really hardly at all i mean we're getting 15 dollars a day per diem you know you could buy a pack wow. of cigarettes and whatever you know we would get you know catering at the, at the you know bigger venues that we'd get fed but it was um you know you're living really just hand to mouth real uh it's it's not what it seems um, you know, rock stardom. You're doing the rock part, but stardom, sure. <laughs> there, there's no limos and you know, sipping champagne from crystal glasses and you right. know, it's no, 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 man. <laughs> you know. But when does that come? Steal- I mean, please, please uh, enlighten us. Does that ever come? Well, the thing is, I, like we were talking about earlier. I mean, the way things are now, you know, bands. Well. Things are very, so corporate now, and they have been. I know. bands are put together, put together with certain musicians for you know they it, it's all like to fill a template of things right. that are, are already happening, and that's why there's no new dynamic music either because they're stuffing everything into a template. You know, right. it's all focus groups. The focus groups are what kills it. Well, we could market them with this, and if they sound a little more like this, we could put them. They could be Christina Aguilera spinoffs or what? What? Oh my yeah. gosh! This yeah. is music. It's free, and you're locking it into a cage. You're 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 taking away everything that music is. You're choking it and, su- and sucking the life out of it. So, um, you know, uh, well, well, back to the overkill thing. Living on the road yeah. uh, killed me. It killed me because also I was used to doing these things. I woke up. I had a job. I mean, I I, I actually liked having a job. You know, right. the, meaning overkill was my job. I could do something every day that was fan mail and we i used to make our own merchandise and and sell it and do all these things and all the promotion i had something i could gauge my kind of accomplishments and self-worth by you know what i mean and and so it was all gone and so i'm traveling in a bus looking out a window and like you can't do really anything and so we had uh, you know a big enough road crew and production and everything that i didn't have to do anything except you know what you find liquor pretty fast and whatever else because there's nothing to Wow. Do. Yeah, you know, you find it and, and what was once the party, you know, the, it's always the party. And I'm sure you know this in your business, but, you know, a, an alcoholic, their first drink is all like the kind of Van Halen celebrating party chicks, girls were on top of the world. It's all one big celebration with streamers and balloons and stuff. It doesn't end up that way. You go back right. to that. Because yeah, you're living in something that you know you can't understand or you're not happy with, so you go there. And so this mm-hmm. is you know Nikki Six to everyone to Whitney, on and on, on and on. It's the same story. It's the same thing, you know. And so 
um, you know, that's what ended up happening to me. You know, my alcoholism, uh, you know, started then and over the years just uh, increased so dramatically because, um, uh, you know, the thing is, when, when you did this whole rock star thing, and you're li- the people want to know about it. You know, you go back and you question because I, I for anyone who doesn't know or whatever, I, I made the choice to leave the band, and the band was okay. just starting to break to break really big and actually do well with merchandising and and money and blah blah blah. And I left right at that at that breakout point, you know. And wow. so I, you know, had had questioned myself a lot of times and and uh, like you know, did you make the right decision? Maybe you really screwed up the biggest thing in your life that you worked so hard for. But my heart kept telling me, I'm going to kill myself if if I right. stay out there because because I was drinking so much. There's nothing to do, you know. You're trying to be faithful to someone, and that's almost impossible because mm-hmm. of just that's that's rock and roll. That's what it's like. And it's like, you know what? For certain people, okay, that wasn't me. It just was not me, man. I I needed some kind of uh, I needed something, and it wasn't that. <laughs> So, um, so you you left more more or less because of the alcoholism and how you just felt that you just couldn't control that, or because well, just the whole industry and everything kind of changed your perception of what you thought it was going to be. The way everything turned out, it, when when I started, it was fun, and I ended right. up and where I ended up, it wasn't fun. There was nothing fun right. about it to me, and and I yep. was actually a sla- a slave. I was a slave to the tour itinerary of being on long tours and and doing these things. It just wasn't fun. I couldn't do anything creatively. I couldn't do anything really all day. <clears throat> Excuse me, my gosh, because there's nothing to do okay. except just kind of hang out, you right. know. And it's like every day the calendar's going by, and like I play for 45 minutes a night if we're opening for Slayer or whatever we're doing, and mm-hmm. there's nothing else going on. It's like you just. It's like you just, this is you what need to be more productive in terms of. I what, need a full day of something that's right. cool. A full day, right? <laughs> and and I <laughs> right. tell you, it's yeah. I mean the whole the whole thing, like you know, oh, we're just gonna kick back and be rock stars and everything else. I'll tell you what, go and try it and see if you could you could do that. And I when I say you, meaning someone right. who may be listening, I'll tell you what, you know, it it really is just not what you think. You know, your your life is really um, it's controlled. And you're you're definitely musicians are scared to come to terms with that and say I won't stay in this band or I won't right. do whatever because mm-hmm. the band's doing well and uh, I'm I'm scared because well I have to actually like cut my hair and get a day job right people are they're terrified of that kind of stuff wow terrified yeah and so wow. you know when you're terif- when you have all this fear built up what do you do you drink and you drug ultimately right. Right. Like you said, you're coping with different things you probably don't want to deal with, and you're masking yeah. it by engaging in that stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. It's really interesting what you say. And, and again, I'd love to have a conversation off the air with you because my sure. situation is much different. But that's how it got for me. I mean, I have an album out. Um, I was in and out of bands for a handful of years. Again, haven't been doing this nearly as long as you have. But in the beginning, it was fun. And I'm a go-getter, too. And I'm a control freak. And I want to you know, push, 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 and go as far as I can go. And unfortunately, had a hard time finding people that, you know, were as motivated or serious or dedicated. And then, of course, drama getting involved. But I'll tell you, you know, it it got to the point. And it's so surprising because I look at myself maybe two years ago and now, it wasn't fun anymore. And, you know, I, I put out an album as a solo artist, which was different. I had a little more control, but that came along with its own host of problems. 
Um, right. And it was funny, right? It wasn't until I moved away a little bit from it and started doing different stuff like the radio show and writing for magazines that, you know, I want to get back into it. I'm going to start writing again soon with some different people. But I I can see where you're coming from, even though your story and your situation was much different than mine. Yeah, well. But, you know, when it's not fun anymore and it's kind of, yeah, I know. Exactly. And the whole world, the whole world, every person that you could possibly ever meet would say th- th- about the rock star. You know what? That phrase is u- is used now so much in like advertising. There's a commercial right. on TV for do- the dog food, and the the dog is like, "I'm a rock star dog," you know, and that whole right, rock right. star, right? And that label, that label, the rock star. So it's like, dude, you have something what everyone else fantasizes about. Are you kidding me that you're gonna leave it? So mm-hmm. I did, <laughs> and I'm one of those guys who just said, I know that it's not going to change, and i got to follow what my heart's telling me and not what everyone else is telling me. Right. So, you know, so yeah. to, to transition a little bit, was it after you had left Overkill that you, you started getting these offers from Megadeth and MOD and Mindfunk? Was it after that had happened that yeah, they started I mean, coming because, along? Well, the thing is, we all knew each other during my my tenure at Overkill. I mean, right. uh, you know, that's we were all friends. You know, Megadeth. We all did our first tours together, and Dave Ellison right. and I are still really good friends. And he got me into AA actually, you know, and um, nice. so we all knew each other. But um, I guess I left as far as my drumming went, or songwriting, or whatever. That you know, they asked me to join, but you know, I said I, I'm flattered, but thanks, because. You know, I'm getting off the road to get off the road, not not to get on just a different bus, you know. And so it, wow. it's hard. Yeah, it was, it's hard when was, you get I mean, you, No, I was just going to say, and, and you know, you, you, so years go by and you question these kind of things, you know. It's like, did I do the right thing? But the same answer is there. And, and I, it's really, comfort, I shouldn't say comforting, but the fact that things really haven't changed and, not to spin off here too much, but in a sense, you know what? I could say they've gotten worse, meaning the touring commitment right. is now, it's absolutely mandatory because that's yep. the only way bands are making money, right? You know, merchandise yep. and via touring because cause units don't sell like they were. So um, it's it's more intense than ever, man. You're, you know, you're in a touring band, you know, you're, that's it. So. Wow. Wow. So let's talk then about how you got involved in becoming a speaker and, you know, starting to develop this uh, this new documentary you're working on called Welcome to the Dream, The Root Awakening of Rockstardom. Mm-hmm. And when I first looked at it, you know, a month or whatever ago when I first contacted you and, you know, invited you on the show, I was just totally floored and fascinated with it. I thought it was such an amazing thing you were doing. Um, so oh, talk you. about how that came about. Well, I think that um, doing the Born in the Basement thing, which was, uh, you know, my overkill kind of experience and story, uh, I got a lot of critique. And really the critique that I I was kind of interested in was from other musicians because it's all about what it's really like as a musician. So, um, you know, as, as many, many things change in your life and you get older and you start to realize, well, you know, definitely not a young guy anymore what's what's this all about you know mm-hmm. uh the more i could actually do in my life to help someone with with anything whether it's a, an alcoholic or whether it's a musician or anything the 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 better i feel i mean m- 
you know, incident by incident, moment by moment. I want to I want to help someone. Absolutely. And my own well, my own son, for example, my all three of my my boys are incredibly and I'm not saying this cuz I'm their father. They're just really really talented guitar players. But okay. it's my my oldest one is 19. We actually did a show together, you know. It was kind of <laughs> kind of cool. And the thing is, you know, him and, and the band guys, they they have these questions for me that, you know, what how did you do it? What's it like? blah blah blah. And I see what they're doing and I see the same mistakes and same misconceptions and I see all the same things and I'm like, you know, there's there's no kind of coaches out there. There's no one really helping. There's books. There's always been books, but books on the business and how to do this right. and that and be own your own publishing rights and they're always based or they have been anyway on like these best case templated scenarios, you know, and they're not really reality of well what's the psychology the psychology of being in a band with other band members that you maybe don't like but your music is fantastic. What do you right. do? How do you live through so anyway. The point yeah. of the matter is um so yeah, I I I want to uh, speak, help, do whatever. I did the music the music thing so I know that um I'm supposed to give back, you know, cuz I survived it and and I I want to help. That's amazing, yeah. And I can, again, that's what my radio show is about and a lot of the things, as you know, with my psychology background, what I do in life, too. And I, I agree with you. I personally just feel some gratitude and just feel good yeah. about myself when I'm helping people out. Um, so where are you at yeah. in terms of, you know, getting this documentary off the ground? I mean, I love the um, Thank you. the pilot or the whatever you want to call it that I watched. So where are yeah, you guys at with developing fun. it? I, w- I really wish I I had better news on this. Um, okay. I really do. But but to be you know to be honest and not try to mislead anyone. Sure. The thing right now is uh, it's just kind of just sitting there with with people like you, thank God, and just these wonderful. Be there. Uh oh. All right, everyone. We'll have to wait for him to call back in. It looks like his line was dropped. What I'll do real quick while we're waiting is we will play a quick commercial break. Um, everyone, check out Zero by One Sound. It's an amazing recording studio based out of South Jersey, and you can check them at zeroxonesound.com. So let's check out a brief commercial, and we'll be right back. Zero by One Sound. South Jersey's premier recording and audio production studio, featuring award-winning engineers, state-of-the-art gear, and spacious tracking rooms. Zero by One Sound offers musicians of any genre an exciting and professional recording environment. Call us now at 856-396-7672 to discuss your project and take a tour of the studio. Or visit us on the web at 0x1sound.com. All right, everyone, and welcome back. And Rat just called back in, so we will bring him right back on. All right, yeah, great. Sorry perfect. about that. No, I not know a that. Problem. <laughs> well, yeah. Sorry about that. I don't know when when my phone cut out. Sorry about that. Yeah, um, it cut out when. Let's see. Oh, you were saying I wish I had better news about the documentary, but kind of oh, this is where we're okay. at right now. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, it could cut off there, and, and sorry, I hope it doesn't happen again, but I am actually having this trouble with the phone. 
Um, magic Jack. Magic Jack, by the way. It works great when it works, but okay. when you, you know. Okay. So, yeah. Um, but but the, uh, the the film is is right now not progressing forward. It's not regressing, but it's not because of, uh, I can't get, um, I haven't found the right financial backer. I'm also talking okay. with agents to represent me and the whole thing. But, um, you know, I... I uh, it, it's it's uh, I wish I had better news on it, but right now and the economy is still you know terrible. Right. So, so um, it it will happen. I mean it is happening. I I can't not do this thing. You know for I just I can't I can't not do it. They have to. It's amazing. It. I think it's such a great concept and just Thank so you. relevant well, to you know everything that's going on and people can learn so much from it. And as I mentioned to you, yeah. you know off the air and I'll mention it on. I'd I'd love to help you out in any way that I can. I think it's really cool what you're doing thank you yeah and and so again the support is there from people like you and blah 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 but it takes um you know to do it it, it, it's take it a decent budget on it and uh right now it's not happening and i even got a commitment from from ted nugent to do it he said yeah man when you got the green light you know wow i'm into it and so yeah what's that what was uh ted nugent's role going to be with the film Oh, he's just going to be one of the cast members. Um, one of the cast, okay. In, or, yeah, you know, to interview and talk about the journey. But but this nice. thing is not going to be a t- it's not going to be a typical documentary. I guess if you had to label it, which I don't like to do, but it's considered a docudrama because it is going to have a um, it's going to have actors that are acting or um, simulating the role of what we're talking about, very much like what the History Channel does. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's how that that's how it's going to be. Yeah. Nice. So nice. So what else? What else do you want to share with the audience in terms of your experiences, um, information, what you're currently up to? Please, you know, feel free to kind of free associate and uh, (laughs) talk about whatever you'd like. (laughs) (laughs) Well. you know, I, I we've talked about a lot, you know, and I, I appreciate you know the time to do it. I hope some people uh, you know get something out of this. But uh, um, any musicians, you know, that that need help, I'm I'm more than happy to help or lead you to some help uh, mm-hmm. that you know I can provide. Somebody else can provide um, uh, because it, it's hard out there when you you have. You're born with a passion, and as a musician yourself, you know it's not something you could actually like turn a switch and just not play music anymore. You know, you're, right. you're gonna you're gonna kill yourself and you're gonna torture yourself first. But the path to get where, you know, the, the whole thing about playing music too is that it's it's kind of a weird thing, which I'm I'm kind of breaking apart in in the movie, is that music is something that you actually have an addiction to share. Besides playing it, you know, you kind of can't keep a great song in your head or your car or your room or something. Uh, you got to play, you know, play it for people and share that sure. with them. Yeah. So, um, so we got all these, you know, really talented young guys who just want to do this, and the fire's burning, and they don't know how to get there, and they don't know what to, you know, what it's going to be like. And things are changing a lot right now. We talked about the labels consolidating and stuff. So, um, I, I just really hope that musicians can get get it back. The talent isn't gone, it's just that there's too many distractions around because uh, music is not doesn't have the you know, kind of the the dynamic that you know, and I don't mean this as an insult to anyone. I hope it's not taken mm-hmm. that way, but 
you know, classic rock as it's known is classic rock from an era where there was a lot of different kind of styles being uh, um, played and experimented with. And right now, it, it's it, you know, I hear music and it kind of sounds like what the culture is to me. It sounds a little like boxed in or or something or fearful right. of breaking out. I don't know. Yeah, but well, I think I think you made a, a good point earlier while you're on this topic is that even if something different out there might sound good, if it's not something, like you said, if it's not catching a focus group's attention and it's not fitting right. into that cookie-cutter thing, unfortunately it's going to be probably pushed to the wayside, and that's a shame. But like it you said, they're looking, for, they're looking for the things that are selling. And even, and I'll have to yeah. send you a couple of my tracks with my album, it's, it's very commercial modern rock, but I remember, and I played it for a lot of you know younger people, and some people loved it, and some people I just don't think they could fit it into that box, and it was a little different for them. You know what I mean? It, it didn't sound enough right. like Avril Lavigne or it didn't sound enough like Evanescence. They could hear hints of that stuff, but they couldn't right. just grasp onto it. And, yeah. Well, yeah. you know how it is. With with pop culture and music always having walked arm in arm, you yep. know, together, uh, yeah, that's what you're saying to me, a lot of what is actually happening, that if someone can't kind of um, fit it into a template or a genre that their friends all know about and stuff. It's like, why are you playing this for me? You know, what, what right. is this? Right. Yeah. And yeah. And, and it's a shame. It really is. Uh, there are musicians who ask me a lot, actually, like we're doing everything ourselves and thanks for inspiring us. But how do we get, you know, the thing, how do we get noticed? Mm-hmm. And now, like we talked about the social media, right? And every band has a profile on many websites. And so, you know, when I was doing all this stuff, there was no Internet. It just hadn't been in- invented yet right. and all this. So there's there's great tools out there, home recording and, and pro tools. I'm sure, you know, you do a lot of that stuff, and and, and I do too, and it's great. But um, But there's a lot more players on the field now, so it's harder to get noticed. Well, that's what it's, I was going to say, um, too. Do you think the competition is just so great now, too? It's just, I think it's harder to, to find what it is you may want to hear because there's so many bands. And, and again, I'm sure there, everyone is is great in their own way. You know, art mm-hmm. can't really suck. You know, it's all an opinion. You know, as long right. as you tune your guitar and sing in key, you know, you're you're pretty good. So it's it's harder to get, get recognized initially, but... You know, my thinking is very old school that at the end of the day, the song is what's going to carry you through, and the song is what will keep you there. So that's what has to that has to be rock solid. And if it is, right. everything else can fall into right because you could have all the marketing and media and get a whole bunch of upfront cash and do a you know some real web hype and stuff, but it'll it'll uh, disintegrate quickly if you don't have the music to support it. Right. 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 Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Any upcoming speak, uh, speaking events that you're doing? I mean, do you ever I do any local things? Or... Oh, go ahead. I, I just did one last night. I'm doing one again next Monday. Right now, most of it's been around, um, like, IOP people. Okay. You know, it's intensive outpatient, you know, addicts and alcoholics that are in trouble. Okay. And trying to, uh, you know, help stabilize their thoughts and get them uh, – you know, some help and everything. And, and I, I just absolutely love doing it. I nice. love doing it. That's so, awesome. Yeah, that, that's... And what it, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's most of what I'm doing right now. Okay, um, okay. 
Yeah, I mean, other things, uh, I have some things kind of like on the burner, but I haven't committed to some things yet, which are musician-related things. Like, you know, in New York, I have some people who want me to come in and speak for the whole DIY kind of movement and blah, 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 but they haven't, you know, stepped up and made a date. So right nice. now, you know, it's mainly, yeah. So go ahead, I'm sorry. Okay, no, that's what I was going to say. Are you going to do any kind of music-related things where people could come to a forum and ask questions about the industry and get your, you know, impressions and your feedback. So, yeah, that was going to be my question, but you kind of answered it. <laughs> okay. I mean, anyone who ever never hesitate, I always answer emails. I didn't used to because I just didn't. Uh, and, and I realized um, how much I actually want to do that and need to do that and, and whatnot, you know. Someone's spending the time to write something to me. I want to try to help them back, you know. And I think, yeah, you know, one other thing, Carrie, I was going to say, which if you got to shut me down, I don't know what your time limit is here. No, I got a little more time. I added a little extra time because I, I figured we'd probably go over an hour. <laughs> so oh, okay. feel free to well, share whatever I'll, else. Okay. Um, now I'm going to, you see here, now I'm going to forget what the heck I was going to tell you. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I hate when this happens. But wait, you were talking about, let's say, let me see if I can help you. We were talking about kind of the do-it-yourself. I was asking if you're going to do some uh, speaking, you know, uh, seminars where people can ask you questions about the industry. Yeah. Oh, and you said that you lo- you really enjoy answering emails, and that was something you hadn't been doing, but you're making more of an effort now to help yeah. people out um, and answer their emails. And then that's when you said, oh, if you yeah. have a couple more minutes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Wow, you retraced that very well. Thank you. You brought me back exactly where, you know, I short-circuited like my phone did. <laughs> like, but, um, you know, I, I reached out for for Welcome to the Dream for a combination of people to be in the cast, people to possibly ask them if they wanted to financially help the, the project and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's been – an amazing awakening another awakening here okay that um well reaching out to some real heavy duty people which i did actually reach like eric clapton and sting and bono and these guys wow. you know big hitters but but the thing is this you know besides penetrating all the layers of management and whatnot around it it all comes down to it at the end of the day that well they don't necessarily know who rad skates is as a director you know they know of, um, you know, who of course Martin Scorsese is, and and things like this, and mm-hmm. who else is in the cast, and blah blah blah, and so I've had some like, you know, well, let us know who else is definitely confirmed for it, you know, aside from you know Ted Nugent and Mackenzie Phillips and and uh, and whatnot. Right. Uh, so I think the point I want to make is that it still comes down to where, you know. The right thing to do is go, if you can help and give back and tell a young musician the right thing, that's what you should be doing. But if, well, we don't know how's it going to affect, you know, what kind of money will we make from it? What's in it for me? You know, that's really uh-huh. disheartening, you know. And here yeah. I am trying to get, you know, it's a great, great, great idea, great idea, but, you know, um, Step up to the plate and, you know, help me out. You know, Carlos Santana is a guy that was so close to saying yes, and they didn't say no. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's unbelievable it, that um, it all it, comes down to, again, protect, protecting that, the, the asset, you know, that makes money for everyone, which is the artist. 
Right. That is a shame. And unfortunately, maybe I'm... Maybe I'm in the wrong business because I keep people yelling at me all the time because I do so many things. Let's say we'll call it pro bono. We'll use a nice term, but I really do. And people are like, "You could be, you could have a consulting business at this point." I'm like, "Yeah, but you know what? I do it because I really love doing it. I love the people that I've been meeting. I love helping people out. Um, mm-hmm. It's just been an amazing journey in that sense. And maybe that's a good thing that I'm not used to making, you know, millions and millions of dollars. Maybe it's a bad thing. I don't know." But as I said, Brad, I'm, I'm here for you, and if I can be of any assistance, I'd love to Thank be a part you. and help out. I really well, would. Doing this, doing this interview is is helpful. Thank you. Cool. And, and uh, we'll talk off air about you know maybe some yeah, other please. things. But thank please you. Please keep in touch with me, and that's, I think I sent you my number. So please keep in touch, and whenever you need me, just give me a call. Uh oh, he dropped off again. All right, everyone, again, let me give you some background information. Um, Tonight you heard Rat Skates, and uh, he's an amazing award-winning musician and filmmaker. And please check out, there is a um, pilot for his documentary that he's working on, which is titled Welcome to the Dream, the Rude Awakening of Rock Stardom. And it really highlights, he has some amazing musicians that are starring in this documentary and providing information, and it really highlights what the industry is all about, and let me bring him back on since he uh, dropped off. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I'm getting really good. Yeah, at so this. my <laughs> my advice to everyone out there is um, reconsider buying Magic Jack because you save a lot on your phone bill. But if you can't afford to have a drop call, you're out of luck. <laughs> okay. Oh boy, but but uh, uh, thank you again for yeah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, just why don't we uh why don't we tie things up with um you know plugging where people can find information out about you and uh, again I always welcome people to come back on if you want to come back on in the future just you know definitely let me know. I I love to do it any way I could help. You let me know. Happy to help. Oh. Any uh, whoever needs more information if you need more information. Uh, besides all the, the social media things like Facebook and everything, you know, it's rat skates. Uh, you'll see it. Uh, there's not too many other rat skates around. And uh, <laughs> my main website is ratskates.com, and the website for the the film Welcome to the Dream is welcometothedream.com. You just have to put hyphens in between all the words. And uh, I'd be more than happy to answer any emails or questions. Or I always love thoughts and suggestions and everything else. Uh, one of the things we're doing with Welcome to the Dream is that uh, we put together, when I say we, some other people that I, I have helped in me, really, really, some really intelligent people, is we, we're, run, we're running polls and surveys to find out, like, um, instead of speculating that, like, hey, most musicians, mm-hmm. like, want to do drugs, or most musicians would rather be on a major label than independent. Let's actually do this by, by polling and surveying and get an actual... Cool finite number yeah because it's it's actually uh much different than i thought <laughs> and i'm so i'm glad i'm doing it because what you what what i assume is not what it uh-oh he's still there oh no he dropped off again all right well we'll wait for him to call back in thank you so much everyone i know there's some people that have tuned in and are in the chat room Again, let's uh we'll let him call back in again he has this thing called magic jack um i'm not familiar with it but Evidently, he recommended that people uh, not necessarily get this thing because it doesn't hold the calls very well at times. So, again, you are listening to Rat Skates on the Carrie Edelman Show. He's an award-winning filmmaker and musician. I'm sure people know of him from 
his band Overkill, which he had uh, developed and uh, has some amazing music from. And currently right now he is working on developing his documentary, which is called Welcome to the Dream, The Rude Awakening of Rock Stardom. And as you mentioned, you can go to ratscape.com or welcometothedream.com and please put hyphens in between that and you can check out the uh, pilot for the documentary. All right, and there you are. <laughs> oh my gosh, I am out of here. I'm not. I'm done because I'm gonna get okay. cut, off, cut off again. I'm gonna go and rip the magic jack out. Hey, Step on at it. least you called back. I've had people unfortunately drop off, and I have some really interesting stories with some like major signed bands where they couldn't call me back in. They wanted me to call them, and it was just disastrous at times. <laughs> so internet radio. Yeah, internet radio. But hey, it's the wave of where it is, unfortunately, right now. <laughs> right. Hey, it gives it, it's an opportunity to do something that we couldn't have done before with a terrestrial station. That it doesn't no big startup uh, commitment. There you so go. I Absolutely. hope it works. God bless. And thank Carrie. Thank you so much for having me on. And if you want to connect uh, off, I'll you know you could just we could shoot each other an email with phone numbers or whatever you want to do. Sounds great. Okay. okay. Thanks so much Thanks again, for Carrie. calling in. Okay. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Peace. Bye. You too. Bye. All right, everyone, again, check him out at ratskates.com, and please check out his documentary, Welcome to the Dream, welcome-to-the-dream-dot-com, all hyphens in between the words. And um, let's see what we have. We have tons of interviews coming up. Please go to, on Facebook, The Carrie Edelman Show. I have a whole roster of guests with dates and the times of their interviews that are coming up. And just again, I want to thank everyone for their support. It's been an amazing journey having this show. I'm really happy that I can support everyone out there and help them get their names out there. You can also follow me on Twitter at Carrie Edelman. You can check out my official website, which is CarrieEdelman.com. I now have two personal pages on Facebook. One of them I maxed out. So if you want to uh, become a friend of my personal page, just type in Carrie Edelman. And I also have a musician page on Facebook, too, and you can search Carrie Edelman for that. Thanks again, everyone, for the support. And tonight we will close off with one of the songs off my album. And let's see what we're going to play. Let's do the song Goodbye. I think that's pretty relevant to some of the concepts and topics we were talking about tonight. All right, so check out Goodbye. It is off my album Leave It All Behind if you're interested. You can find it on iTunes by searching Carrie Adelman. Thanks so much, everyone, and have a great night. Mm-hmm.